0: We give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you. This is Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, my dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mahangi. Lydia Cheng is on standby with a Family Life segment today. She will talk about misguided affections. Brother Ian Moser will also be joining us during the Bible session to talk about resisting temptations. Kolel Church Choir will start us off with the song Zakayo. Enjoy.
1: Akapan dajam apate kumuona Yesu. Takayon kuzau shuru Yesu apita. apate Yesu. shuru ali Yesu apita. Akapan dajam kuyu
2: apate Yesu. Yesu.
1: I go, I go, I go, I go, haraka, Na na yesu, yesu ya mali anguyote, itagawi ya masikini, lakayo kashukamtini. Na na na, yesu, yesu ya mali anguyote, itagawi ya masikini, lakayo kashukamtini. Na na yesu, nusu ya mali Oh, oh. Zakayo, zakayo, zakayo o oh, zakayo suka tini haraka woko sasa ni kwako oh, zakayo takaya zakayo o zakayo, oh, zakayo suka tini haraka woko sasa ni kwako wapendo yesu atuita wa tuwachane na dhambi zetu tunyende k mbele zako tupate uzima wa milele
3: wapendo yesu
1: atuita wa tuwachane na dhambi zetu tunyende k mbele zako tupate uzima wa milele We uh.
0: This is Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. It is now time for the family of segment. Join me as I welcome Lydia a Be blessed.
3: Dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. Today's topic is misguided affections. Let us pray before we continue. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for the marriage message that we're about to share. We pray that it may be of help in our marriages, that our marriages may flourish and be pleasing before your eyes. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Affection is the kind of love that leaves you feeling close, safe and cared for. So, misguided affections could make a spouse feel the opposite, distant, unsafe, and not cared about. It's important to note that affections can be misguided in many different ways. One of those ways is that some spouses devote so much of their time, energy, and affection to their children, they don't live enough for their spouse. Their marriages become child-centered, to such a great degree that the marriage suffers a type of starvation for affection. Be careful that you don't allow that to happen, and if it is happening, ask God to show you how to change that. Your children will benefit all the more if your marriage is healthy. Another type of misguided affection can go into caring about the needs and wants of other family members to such a degree that you forget that the Bible tells those who marry that they are to leave their family of origin, to cleave to their spouse, to form a new family. You are joining forces with a new partner and caring for the needs of your spouse is supposed to be your first human priority as soon as you marry. And caring for the needs of your spouse is supposed to be your first human priority as soon as you marry. It's not that you abandon your family of origin, but when you married, you vowed to depart from your old ways. You didn't leave your first home in terms of love, but you did leave in terms of authority and priority. The most important human relationship now is the one you have with your husband or wife. More than that, your marriage is a living, breathing institution with a life of its own, a covenant that is a symbol of God's love for the church, his body of believers in Jesus Christ. To help your spouse feel close, safe, and cared for, you need to make sure that once you marry, you are putting your attention in the right place and not allowing your affections to be misguided. You can also spend so much time with hobbies, work, career, substances, other distractions and friends that you don't have enough left of yourself to help your spouse to feel close, safe and cared for. Again, that is another way in which your affections can be misguided. You're married to join together, not to live separate lives. If your spouse is willing, make it happen. If you have a spouse that is guilty of misguided affection, we hope you won't give up but rather will be all the more determined to pray and act upon what the Lord tells you to do until your spouse wakes up to realize the blessing that he or she is missing out on with his or her wrong priorities. Persevere in a respectful way with the same determination that Christ has persevered for you. In the meantime, leave out the scripture that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth, Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. That's found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 through 27. Here's what the New Life Application Bible says about these verses. Our heart, our feelings of love and desire, dictates to a great extent how we live because we always find time to do what we enjoy. Solomon tells us to guard our heart above all else, making sure we concentrate on those desires that will keep us on the right path. Make sure your affections push you in the right direction. Put boundaries on your desires. Don't go after everything you see. Look straight ahead, keep your eyes fixed on your goal, and don't get sidetracked on detours that lead to sin. When we are starved for affection from our spouse, it is tempting when we can find it elsewhere. But beware, the enemy of our faith would love to get you to look for affection in a place that will hurt your Heavenly Father's heart. To prevent that from happening, there are a series of questions that Dr. William Carter and Sandra Glan provide in the book Se- Sexual Intimacy in Marriage that we hope you will honestly ask yourself as far as your relationship with someone of the opposite sex. Here are some questions to help us identify misguided affections. Do you make special trips past her desk or his house? Do you manipulate situations so you can be alone in a secluded, private setting? Have you started taking special care of your dress, your physique and overall appearance? Are you wearing an alluring scent? When you're around him or her, do you feel like you're 16 again? Do you find yourself thinking of this person frequently outside of the usual context of your contact? Do you purposely withhold some conversations, letters, or events from your spouse? Do you dread accountability times? Do you not even have a person to whom you are accountable for your thoughts and actions? Do you find yourself thinking of this person instead of your spouse when you watch romantic movies? Do you think of this person during romantic activities with your spouse? Do you talk about him or her more than about your spouse? Is the love you feel for this person infatuation that wants to possess... Or is it true love? Real love wants the other to be all he or she can be in Christ. A love that would never lead the loved one down, a, a love that would never lead the loved one down a treacherous path away from God. Are you acting with his or her best interest at heart? Let an application of the golden rule help determine the state of your relationship. Ask yourself, would I want someone else to treat me as I'm treating this person's spouse, even if only in my heart? Steer your affections into the direction of living life that is pleasing to the Lord. No matter what, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. May you diligently guard your heart so you are fully devoted to your spouse. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you.
0: We appreciate those who have given us their thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box 42276 100 Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Here is a song, Wainweni by Kurasini Church Choir.
2: Ali o dambi ni wame kata tama na ni ata kae wa o kua wapate nuru yabana wamone yesu waluri kundi ni wa o kolewe wajuli she. That the You a Be radmich.
0: I hope that you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Brother Ian.
4: Greetings, dear listener, in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, we are talking about how to resist temptations. I am your presenter, Ian Muse. Welcome. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4 to 6, New King James Version. Temptation is enticement to sin, and this does not proceed from God, but from Satan and from the evil of our own hearts. God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempteth no man. James chapter 1, verse 13, Revised Version. Satan seeks to bring us into temptation, that the evil of our characters may be revealed before men and angels, that he may claim as his own. Many are not doing the greatest amount of good because they exercise the intellect in one direction and neglect to give careful attention to those things for which they think they are not adapted. Some faculties that are weak are thus allowed to lie dormant because the work that should be called them into exercise and consequently give them strength is not pleasant. All the powers of the mind should be exercised. How many? All should be used. Or some dormant? Some are dormant. But all should be used. In other words, when you come to your garden to do some gardening, there are rakes and shovels laying under the thick grass that you can't even see because you haven't used them. We propose to dig our garden without a rake or shovel, and we find it difficult. The difficult doesn't lie in the job itself. It's just that we don't understand the tools that are in the grass. All the powers of the mind should be exercised. All the faculties cultivated. Perception, judgment, memory... And all the reasoning powers should have equal strength in order that minds may be well balanced. The memory is a faculty. Do you use your memory? Is it possible not to use your memory very much? Is it possible to use our memory in the wrong way? If you and I are serious about overcoming temptation, we need to use our memory. Another faculty is your will. You know the stubbornness people have. That drive that gets things done that pushes people over in the process of getting something done. That thing we do so well in the negative. Is anyone here stubborn? The part of the brain that can do is a tool. It can be used for good, it can be used to resist temptation. We also have the faculty of desire the desire to do right or wrong. We can have a will, memory, and conscience. What about our desires? Do you know your desire is not your will? Have you ever desired to do something that you didn't do? Why? Why didn't you do it? What was missing? The will? Yes. So your desire is a faculty, but it's not your will. We often get confused saying, yes, I will do. Yes, I will to be saved. But that's not our will. That's our desire. There are also another faculty in your mind called judgment and perception. How you view something. Your intelligence hangs heavily upon your perception. You could be very intelligent when it comes to mechanical things, and then you come to human beings which are so complicated and your perception can be wrong. And your intelligence just gets totally baffled with humanity because you don't perceive what you've seen. Perception and judgment are also faculties in our mind. There is also a powerhouse for resisting temptation. Do you know what that is? It's a faculty given to us by God that is definitely not us. Do you know what that is? It is the Holy Spirit. Can the Holy Spirit be in your brain? Yes. Can a devil be in someone's brain? We know people can be devil-possessed. We can have the Holy Spirit. The brain has the capacity to house the Holy Spirit. You will find that overcoming temptation will be easier if these faculties are used correctly than if you don't use them. Now the all-important ingredient is the Holy Spirit because these faculties of our brain are actually crippled and so we need someone to come and reformat our hard drive and to reinstall these great software tools that God has given to us. Those of us... Who possesses this freedom of choice should pray that we will not misuse it by placing ourselves in the clutch of circumstances that may test us beyond our strength. Fire controlled in the stove is great, but it is not very good out of control on the roof. It is better to shun the bait than to struggle in the trap after it has sprung. The fact is that we misjudge our own powers. We don't understand our own strengths and weaknesses. For this reason, no one is justified in deliberately seeking for our testing situation. We have no promise of deliverance under those circumstances. The Bible says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 Again, God promises, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 he is the only one who is qualified to arrange the circumstances of our tests. He will permit to develop around us only that which he sees we are in need of and have the strength to endure. Every one of us has particularly vulnerable points of weaknesses in character. It is also sadly true that there are special moments of time in which we are most liable to be overcome by the enemy. Satan is well acquainted with that very moment when our resistance will be the lowest and he also understands our individual weakness. We can be sure of one thing. His strongest attack against us will come in our weakest moment and at the weakest point in our character. With such an enemy, we can never feel secure in our own strength. We are only as strong as we are in the weakest moment of our life. Our character is only as strong as its weakest link. These facts forever preclude the possibility that we can deliberately and safely expose ourselves to tests in order to build character. Temptation always begins in the mind. Every sin has its origin in the thoughts long before it appears as an act of the body. Jesus said, for from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness." wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Mark chapter 7, verse 21-22 to 22. Almost every category of evil is included in this long list of sins which come forth from the heart. Paul described lust as fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3 The Greek text more accurately says desires of the thoughts it is very important to understand that desire in itself is not wrong God has actually placed certain powerful appetites and propensities within our human nature there is nothing wrong with these drives as long as they are properly controlled and directed this includes ambition, temper sex and every other basic disposition wrong comes in only one way when desire oversteps the bound and seeks gratification outside the will of God, it turns into lust. My friend, there is hope when we are in Christ Jesus. He has promised us the power to resist any temptation that comes on our way. Allow him to lead you and no temptation will overcome you. Know this, you can resist temptation by depending on Jesus Christ. He is able. Be blessed till we meet again. Amen. Thank you, listener, for your time. I was your presenter.
0: It has been nice having your company in case you have any views, comments, or questions about this show. Please send them to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box, Four two two seven six code 100 Nairobi Kenya. Our email address is awr Nairobi at ek.adventis.org. Till next time, I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi, stay safe, Steve blessed.
2: to nani atakaewa. Yeah (laughs) God bless you, to singer was on da ramboyo kombosi da ya Yesu boli go tambo kozi aliteso yes mari